after this spring break. <laughs> huh? Yeah, slide so Well, I got to make sure they see me too. So I'll be moving around a lot, so it'll be fine. How's everybody doing today? Great. Yeah. This extra mic I got. Did everybody enjoy the time change this morning? No. Well, they think they're talking about getting away from it, so maybe that might happen. But how many, how many like me, you know, you know this clock's about to change, so you wake up every hour to make sure you didn't miss it, <laughs> even though your phone changed, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I kept doing that, kept doing that. I said, well, I'm up at four anyway, so I'll drink about 12 cups of coffee today. So I drank it all. So if I'm just speeding, it's because of the coffee. But really, I'm excited about it. Really, I love uh, spring, new season coming. Uh, the winter, I think, is going, but I think we have one more, couple more freezes before Easter, I believe, because this is Texas. Um, so nothing is set in stone, but really excited about that. I love new seasons. I love spring. Um, and I'm really excited about what God has for us, especially here. And I love to come. How many love just love to come to worship God in the mornings? It's amazing. Never, and when we get together, something powerful happens. And these guys, this team is amazing. They had to get up even earlier than we did so uh, to get here and do what they have to do. But really, you had a good time. You're a guest this morning. I want to welcome you. We are on our uh, fourth installment of Exodus. And the word, the title today is Who Me? Now, everyone say, Who Me? Who me? Say it again. Who me? Who me? Right. We're going through the story of Moses. Still, God is still talking to him through the, um, through the bush and having a great conversation. And Moses is talking back to God. God's talking to him. And he has some things he was trying to get off his chest and trying to show God something that I think we all struggle with. Uh, and we're going to go, go through those things today about how God calls us to do amazing things. But we seem to have weaknesses that we think we can't do it. And I want to see how God answered Moses' concerns, because I think we all have those concerns. God called us to do amazing things, touch our campus, touch our community, touch our neighbors. And we all feel like I have this weakness. It cannot happen. But what I want to do today is unpack some of that, what God really wants us to do and how he takes care of that. If you're going through your Bible, you can go um, to Exodus chapter 4. Verses 10 through 17, and then we'll go to verses 1 through 4 after, uh, toward the end of the service. But let's start at 10. It said, Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am, everyone say I am. Remember the I am of man and the I am of God. I am slow speech and of tongue. Then the Lord, he's not from New York. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go. I love that. And I will be with your mouth and teach you what you should speak, what you shall speak. But he said, oh, Lord, please some, send someone else. I mean, have that kind of excuse. I don't want to do it. Anyway. And uh, <laughs> then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth I, and teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people. He shall be your mouth, and you shall be as a God to him. And then take, your hand, take in your hand this staff with which you shall do 
the signs. Let's pray. Father, I ask in this moment, Holy Spirit, teach us what it means to be called and employed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to start this off with a question before we even get going into the passage. This question is, do you struggle with fear of failure or a failure of faith? Do you struggle with a fear of failure or a failure of faith? Moses is having his interaction with God. And Moses was having a failure of faith. What we all do. Moses started to notice his inadequacies. He was inadequate in certain things. Like we do when we, God calls us to do something or tells us to do something. He wants us to obey. And we come up with some time, we, we look at ourselves so much, we start to realize we're not perfect in this, we're, not, we're inadequate in that, and it keeps us from moving forward. So you're just having a failure of faith. And then we can take it in America today and say, well, I'm afraid of failing, but it's not about that. It's really because we're supposed to live by faith, not by sight. The people of God shall live by, the just shall live by what? Faith. So we can, we can take it and we can bring it down and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of failing. And that's not what it is. Now, Moses sat here. We're going to unpack this. And he went and told God all his weaknesses. Now, can I give you a little hint? Whenever you tell God how weak you are in certain areas, since he created the heavens and earth, don't he think he knows already? Doesn't he already know what you're not good at? So the interaction we have, God's not going to answer that. He's not going to tell him, I know. He told him, I love one word, go. We're still trying to figure out what that means. He said, go, right? G-O, two-thirds of God's name is go, right? It's amazing, right? We say, what does that mean? We have to have a Bible No, Go, where? To your neighbors, share the gospel. Go to your co-workers, share the gospel. Go to the campus, share the gospel. What does that mean in the Greek? Go. <laughs> Wikipedia, go, G-O, means to go, right? How you tell your teenagers all the time. I said, go, take out the trash. Not talk about it. Not moan about it. Go, right? So we all deal with that. But what we do with the weaknesses I have a habit of doing is turn my weaknesses into excuses. I can turn my, hab- my weaknesses into excuses. And let's see how God interacted with Moses. Now, I used to read this and say, Moses, you all these excuses, man. Don't you know God's right here with you? And you know something? I'm looking at myself in the mirror. Because I have a few excuses too. We all do. The reason why we're not fully serving God, because we have excuses. Why? They're weaknesses, but we use them as excuses. We can transcend it into, into excuses. Look at the first one. First one, he says, I can't talk. Right? That's one of the first. How many say, I'm not good at speech? Man, in English class, I was horrible. And I had to take a speech class, I was really horrible. And all I had to do is pay attention. I would have probably did better, but 
Um, the first thing God told him to do this, trust in my word. Trust in God's word. Not your word. Trust in God's word. That's the first point. It says this, but Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since I have spoken to your servant. But I am slow in speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? What a question. Now, therefore, everyone say what? And I'll be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. You know, discipleship starts with God's word. He'll teach us what to say. We don't have to worry about going on our own authority, our own word. My words will fall to the ground, but God's word stands forever. Now, Moses had a moment, and he kind of stretched the truth or the weakness because Stephen, the great Stephen in Acts 27, 22 says, and Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in words and deeds. Oh, that's what Stephen said. Well, if you get down into, when we get to Exodus, you'll see some things that later on as we get to the book, Aaron doesn't say much. Moses is doing all the talking. See, when God calls you, you get that, you know, oh, I'm not good at this. And it's this culture, Egyptian culture, I mean, the, the Jewish culture, my tongue, my tongue, my tongue. He's not talking about my tongue. The first thing he had, he went through is I am. I am for me is a small I am. Remember God, the large I am. He can do all things. I am everything you need to accomplish everything I want you to do. Make sense? So Isaiah 55, 11 says, God says his word shall not return empty. It will accomplish what he purposes. It should succeed in everything. Everyone say everything. everything. Everything that God has spoken shall succeed. Now it may take some time, but you have faith that it will succeed. Why? Because the Bible says so. I trust in God's word. Now, when we, have a, when we have a crisis of faith, it's usually because we have a crisis of the Bible. We're not we're malnourished in the Bible. See, once a week diet, maybe 10 minutes, I go, well, 30 minutes now, when I preach, is not enough to keep faith. Come on, somebody. Then can't even take my word for it. You got to take God's word for it. But you got to know what it says. So you got to be able to trust in God's word. Moses says, yeah, I'm going to go out. I'm not good in speech. And God said, I'm not asking you to be good in speech. I'm asking you to be good in my speech. Not, my, not your speech, my speech. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with your mouth. I'm gonna, he told him, remember, last week we talked about, I'm going to be with you. I'm also going to be with your mouth. Now, here's my word. I got to have being his word, so his word is in my mouth. To live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, right? Come on, everyone, you can say amen on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Faith comes by hearing. How does it come? By hearing of what? you don't know the word you won't hear the word you won't have faith we'll have great intentions but we won't have faith we will fail when we make commitments without the word because we're not strong enough to hold it come on somebody that's why i said read your bible every day and every day read your bible 
Now, is it easy? No. Mondays is my day off. I'd rather watch ESPN first take and just watch your crazy sports all day versus get up in the morning because it's my day off and read the Bible. But I get up and read the Bible, and it's not about a feeling. It's about a reason. And sometimes I don't feel like reading my Bible. Hey, it's spring forward. Coffee had to get me up. <laughs> but I got to read my Bible every day. And every day read my Bible. So God's word is in my mouth. So when he says go, I go with his word. I trust that word trust is just another word for faith in God's word. What has God spoken over your lives? Do you believe it? It might take a long time. That's why you got to stay in his word to, to comprehend it. Now, word, our word's no good. We know that already. We're upset that people, they, they let us down. Yeah, they're going to let you down because their word's no good. The only word that's good that's not going to fade away, it says heaven and earth will fade away, but my word will stay forever. So I can count on something forever versus something temporary. Make sense? All right. Just say like this. I know it's 9 o'clock. Spring forward. Y'all get to take a nap when you leave. I get to do another service. And I really get wild in because that's when my oil starts going. But I have to get another cup of coffee in between this. Anyway. So Moses, you know, basically when God calls you to do something, we have, we have these weaknesses. God kind of closes the door. So, so Moses had this next one. Okay, all right, that ain't going to work. Okay, the next one should be, oh, yeah, can you just do this? Send someone else. And then God says, why don't you just trust in spiritual family? That's point number two. Look what happened. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled. Oh, the Lord, which means Anna and I, and kindled against Moses, and he said, is not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you. He is. And when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. There goes a word. And it will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what? Both. Both. What to do. Well, you can't leave without the mouth. To do. He shall speak for you to the people. And you shall be, he shall be your mouth. And you shall be as... God to him. Now, the word, this is eloquently written. Lord, send someone else. Send someone else. You know what it really means in 21st century language today, right now, 2017? I don't want to do it. Again, you tell your children, take out the trash. How much conversation do you have? And how long is the conversation? Now, if you're a husband, your wife says, mow the grass or do something. And it's on the honeydew list. How much conversation do we have, man? We stretch it out, right? Now, as long as the conversation is taking place, you could have did it already. But it really means, oh, since the one, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go, and I don't want to do it. That's why God got mad. I don't want to do it. It's like me. I, we were in 2005, 
Well, really, 2003, God put on our heart to build a house out in Potosi. And we were driving around all Abilene and just looking around. And I was enjoying driving around and looking at going in other houses and seeing how that worked and all that. I already had in my mind, I didn't want to move. So when it got close, and I'm like, okay, something's happening. We can do this. I came first to my accountant. Hey, tell me that I can't afford it. No, Rich, what are you going to do? You got taxes, you got, you can afford it. Okay. So I, I got spiritual. So I said, there's a couple guys here walking the prophetic here. They hear from God. Guys, just tell me I'm being greedy. I need to give more tithes and offering. I can't build a house. Rich, you're so faithful. Go build the house of God. Put you in the house. Ah. Now, the reason why I didn't want to go, because I was lazy. I didn't want to unpack and pack. God knew that. So we went, found a builder, and right away something told me, go ahead and get the realtor, quick. All right, well, if I give him a realtor, you know, take him about four months to sell this house, take him about four months to build the house, right? Well, that didn't happen. The house sold in 30 days. <laughs> got nowhere to go. Mr. Lazy. So I got to go find a rent home. A rent home and downsize. Oh, found a little place. Sat here in this little house, found it right by Dias. Took him eight months to build a four-month house. Now, it's a great house. But I know one thing. I was being spiritual, trying to save money and, you know, get more to the Lord. I was lazy. It's about being comfortable with me. That was a lot of work. Moses said, you know, it's great. <laughs> Send someone else. <laughs> I like it. I like the sheep. They don't talk back. And God got mad because the language in here, guys, is a command. See, being a, making disciples is not, it's not a, um, oh, I can't say. It's not like it's um, take it or leave it. It's a command. Command to set people free. A command to represent God. So that's why he got angry because he knew the attitude. Now, when we talk about discipleship here and we talk about foundations class, everyone uses it as, well, you know, it's just not my time yet. You know, I don't want to be a member. And it, see? And you're only living 50% of what God wants you to do. And all we're doing is what God commanded to do because he had to depend on spiritual family. Why? Aaron. Now, Aaron was not the best brother at all when we get down here. But Aaron had what Moses at the moment said he didn't have. You need someone else to be something we're not when we all come together. I'm not good at certain things, but Pastor John is good at other things. We need one another. Even in our college universities, everyone's talking about this. We need a wing. They call it wingman. We need a two-man. Yeah, because now it's two people working together as a team. And that's when God sent two, two by two out to preach the gospel. So you can have, we can have all the weaknesses, all the excuses we want. If I'm not this, I bet you someone in the body's that. So you can't get, we can't get out of it. We can't do life without each other. It can't be me and Jesus. Where'd you hear that at? What afraid is, we're afraid of people. And we have excuses why we don't want to get with people. 
Now, sometimes we get close, get people close, and then we get, get oh, we start to see, you know, beyond what's being seen on Sunday morning because we all get dressed and smell good. And then we back out. And we back out of the destiny God has for us. Because apart from with someone else, you will not make it. He needed Aaron. Now, Aaron wasn't the best guy, but he was the guy he needed. That's what he was. Aaron just didn't speak language. He's talking about God planned this already from verse 27. He told Aaron, go see your brother. And when you get with him, he's going to tell you something. Aaron obeyed and went. And saw his brother. They kissed. Saw him out. They got together. They were glad in heart. It's nothing like when I get together with other people, other saints, other believers in our family, and we get glad in heart and doing life together. It's, not, it's nothing like that. I, I, I just, I'm just blown away by the life in our church. It really is. I'm just blown away by it. Like Jamie. Jamie does all this graphic stuff, right? She sees stuff. I don't see anything. I'm colorblind. But she sees concepts. I'm like, that's cool. And I'm like, I can't do that, right? Now, if I can't do that, she can. Wow, what an what a addition to the family. You know what I mean? What an addition to the family. Because I can't do that. I can try to do that, but I'm colorblind. You ask me what color it is? I have no idea. I got my wife asking me this morning, the red I have on? I said, how's this? No, that red, the other red won't go with that, honey. You got to find something that's gray, and, and I didn't know that's gray in this shirt. I need her because I can't see colors. Two men, two women, a family. We got to learn to trust one another. Trust in one. Because God will take us and put us in him, with him, and put us the next thing he put us was a family. Doesn't work. I need someone to tell me where, how to go there, how to get there. Need correction consistently. We don't like correction. Discipleship's correction. And when people correct me, it's not correcting me because their personal opinion. They correct me through the word. And it's fulfilling when they correct me through the word. But apart from uh, each other, we can't get anything done. So that's what we always say to someone else. See, in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says, God arranges those in the body as he chooses. He brings people here as he chooses what we need. I can't turn away who God sends. When they sin, now if someone just shows up thinking they should have dead out of family, if they leave from one family, they come to another family, this family's not going to be well for you because our family's a whole lot different than the family you left. You need to go take care of your family that you left. But we need to do that. Last thing is, he closed the door on that now. Get, oh, man, can't speak. They don't want, he wants me to go anyway. Next thing he told me, the excuse he said, well, okay, can't speak. He won't let anybody else go. Okay, his, I know this will get him. Hey, God, they won't believe me. <laughs> I'm in there now. I'm out now, right? I'm out. I have an out. God said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, Moses. He said, I want you to trust in my power and my presence. Let's look at uh, 
verse 17. It says, take in your hand this staff, which you shall do, the signs. Let's go up to Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Let's see what makes sense. That's why I'm going backwards. Moses said, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, now, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand, catch it by its tail. Wow. And so put out. So he put out his hand, he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. Can I give you a, a, a snapshot of something? When people say, or when I say, God, they won't believe me. What I'm really saying is, I don't believe me. You ever hear people, everyone's saying, no, no, everyone ain't saying it. You're saying it. I don't believe, if I don't believe, yeah, if I don't believe this word, God, they're not going to believe. And you're not right. If I don't believe, no one's going to believe. That's what he's saying. And the word believe means to listen, to heed, and obey. Now, there's a lot of Christians say, I believe in God. But when you look at the action, hey, it's an intellectual belief. It's intellectual faith versus the act of faith. How many amens got to get on that? Now, the staff told Moses, take the staff. Throw down the staff. Now, staff in those days, since he was a shepherd, it's amazing that staff in those days, you use it, it's your identity. They have markings on it, a little bent up here. Had to hit some birds with it. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm only a pastor on Sundays. Anyway, and <laughs> I got to have another cup of coffee. And uh, what happened, your identity, protection, in case snakes and stuff show up. God said, throw it down. So he threw it down. Now, he saw this snake. Now, here's the thing about this snake. Moses seen snakes. He's a shepherd. You're going to see snakes, right? This snake had to be so powerful or so um, devastating that he ran. Then God said, pick it up by the tail. Now, to pick up a snake by the tail, I'm from New York. I know you don't even do that. Pick it up. Obedience. I love obedience. Picked it up. It became a staff. The snake represented Satan. Whenever you hear about serpent, represented Satan. And him throwing down his staff throwing down his identity like we do when we have salvation and we pick up God's power because the staff represents God's power and presence. See, we all come to God looking like this and we got to lay it down. Whatever it is, the excuses, who we are, we got to lay it down. And he says to pick it up. Now, when we pick it up, 
it still kind of looks the same. In our eyes, but in God's eyes, something starts to transform. See, when we make excuses about our weaknesses, because we're looking so much at ourselves, we're not looking at God, and we're not seeing ourselves as God sees us. He never told me you were great and fantastic, Moses. He only had to say that because he said this, I'm sending you anyway because you're my best. See, God's going to send you anyway because he's the best. Reason why? Because God doesn't see the broken stick. Doesn't see this all bent up. Doesn't see that. So we start off. But remember discipleship? Sorry, he sees us. See a master's hands, God's hands, and a master. And over time, I'll be 60 this year. Over time, I get tra- I'm being transformed. Now I'm probably about this big. But God, tra- he sees us. When he looks from heaven and all excuses we have, this is how he sees us. Someone sharp. Something presentable. Someone great to do what he called me to do. But I had to throw that down. Throw down my my identity. See, I can't serve God part-time. I can't just do some of the stuff he tells me to do. Most all the stuff he tells us is a command, but he enables us with his power in his presence. Now, how do I how do we all come looking like this? Well, he always sees us like this, but how do I start feeling like this? One of the three things I just told you. I got trust in his word. I got trust in family to help knock off the hard edges. And I really have to trust in his power and his presence wherever I go. See, this sells. The Church of Jesus Christ, we love to celebrate failures. So when we get together and pray, we want to pray repentance all the time. That's great. Can we start praying forward about those who look like this out in the street, that they could become this? Can we pray with faith? This is great. We hang nail. That's great. We all got weaknesses. I can hardly speak. I know y'all laugh when my, my New York comes out. But it ain't about my speech. It's about the power of God. People being transformed by the power of God. But the only way we'll experience the power of God is through obedience, seated in faith. Everything I read to you, God told him to go. He did it. Aaron did it. He tells us to do it. We want to experience it. Everyone experience the power of God in your marriage. Come on. How many want to experience the power of God in your family? Well, you got to go. You got to do it. They got to see it. You got to believe it. Doing this every Sunday eh, is great, but that's not it. It's about making disciples. Being made a disciple. Can't, you can't. Make something you're not. I mean, it's throwing everything down that's limited and picking up the unlimited. It took them for a while. This is a special gift I got. They may handmade this before I went and left Okinawa, Japan. 
Very few people got this. Took them years to make this. Takes us a lifetime as God's crafting us. But he doesn't snatch it out of our hand. We got to throw it down. And we got to get rid of excuses. I can't talk. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it either sometimes. But I do it anyway. So I got to trust in his word. And by God, I got to trust in people. That's scary. Yeah, well, we don't look like everybody else. I love it. Who shows up here is real. Because everyone likes diversity. But when it gets into it, they really don't like it. Because no one looks, everyone doesn't look like them. And I love how God brings the right people to this place. And I got everywhere I go, his power and presence. First is transforming me so I can be tra- help other people be transformed. Yeah. If you notice, you come to our church, I hear people say, well, the church is a hospital. Yeah, well... I kind of believe in clinics. Get a little patched up and go back out to work. Because when you sit around too much, you'll find something else just wrong. I'm here to tell you, I'm at an age now, I just, I'm buying a bed so I won't wake up injured. Y'all get that in a moment. And it's about, we can celebrate failure and get mad because we want to stay like this. Or we can be discipled and trust God's word, trust in one another, and really trust in his power and his presence. And I don't need anything else or a support base. All we need is Jesus, guys. And everything he's telling in that word is not optional. It's mandatory. It's a command. That's why he got mad. Now, God doesn't get mad because we're under grace now. He gets so disappointed because he see all my people out here, suicides is on the rise. People are just so angry. We're the people of peace. We're the people of hope. We're the people of joy sitting because they don't want to do it. We don't want to worship sometimes. It's okay. Do it anyway. A lot of us don't like to go to work, do we? Sometime, right? Do you do it anyway, right? Because you're going to get paid for something that you won't take with you. I don't want to do it sometime, but I'm getting paid watching the glory of God accelerate around our nation, around our city. And that's why you never lose the awe and wonder of God. Let's all stand. The power and presence of God happens in worship. That's where a coward like me, I I receive courage in the presence of God. A sickness I have, I receive healing in the presence of God. But not just to hold on to it, but to share it and give it out. Let's pray as we worship. Father, I thank you this morning.
for your marvelous spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we trust your word. Let us trust in one another.